You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Honor God's Word. There's something sacred about the Word. Amen. There's something sacred about the Word. And we don't approach it lightly. The Word is not just another opinion editorial page. It is the Word of God. It has life. Amen. Speaks to our spirit. Amen. Revelation chapter number 3 and verse number 17 and 18. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing... And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see." Amen. And everybody said amen. Amen. If you weren't here last Sunday, I preached from this passage of Scripture, which is uh, Jesus' words to the Laodicean church. And the title was Laodicean Lies. And I talked about the historical context and and really what this meant. And today I'm going to talk part two, if I can. Laodicean Lies part two. And the takeaway from this passage without going through everything we talked about last week is this. The crowning problem that Laodicea had was that they were lying to themselves. They were lying to themselves. And what I want to call your attention to is not just the specific lies that they were saying, but that they were propagating a non-truth to themselves about themselves. Laodicean lies. So today I came with the word of the Lord. And I feel, I feel it strong in my spirit. And I'm going to preach it until I can preach it out if I can. There is a lie, amen, that someone has taken hold of, that somebody has believed, and that someone has been repeating to themselves. And if we are not careful, we have all been guilty of this at some time or some place. If we are not careful, we will unknowingly propagate a non-truth to ourselves about ourselves. Amen. And the only thing that can break that lie is the word of truth. So today I don't come with my opinions. I don't come with my ideas, but I'm just coming to you with the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, I thank you today. I thank you today, God, for everyone that's here in this house. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. I thank you for your purpose that you have established for us today. I pray right now, God, that your word would have a liberty, Lord, that you'd speak freely into our life and into our soul and into our spirit. Anoint my mind today, God. Anoint my mouth today to speak what you have. Thus saith the Lord. I pray you would anoint our ears to hear, God. Anoint our hearts to be open. Strengthen and edify and encourage someone this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name. And the church said, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. One more time. Can you lift your voice up to heaven? God, I pray you today. Lord, I magnify you today. Lord, I worship you today. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. Amen. Have you ever been lied to? Have you ever been lied to? It's not fun, that moment of realization when you find out that you were lied to. That moment of betrayal. That moment of hurt. That moment of pain. The moment, somebody, the anger that rises up. The frustrations. Especially when you find out you've been operating on a lie. When you've been uh, uh, literally operating on a lie. And you realize everything was, everything was wrong. It's a horrible thing when you propagate a lie somebody tells you and then you find out it's not true. 
and then to realize I have been propagating something, that I have been partaker unwillingly because of my faith in that person or this person or this. It's a horrible thing when you've been lied to. The hurt, the angers, the frustration. Every one of us in here at some point has been lied to. And when that comes to life, there is a, a uh, well, yeah. you, you know what it's like. You know what, you know what the, the, there, there's a, an acknowledgement. There's, there's relationships that are ruined right. by lies. Right. Trust that is thrown away by lies. Yeah. But today, I'm talking about something more than just being lied to. It's a horrible thing when we have to confront the reality that we are the ones that have been lying. When we have been the partaker in the lie. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to acknowledge I was coming to church early this morning. I, I, I uh, woke up early, got up, came to church earlier than maybe normal. I was driving down, coming up the road, and Sunday mornings is always a cal- it's the calmest time in our community. You get out early. You can actually drive all the way down 159 on Sunday morning and never hit a red light. Not have to stop for anybody else if you get up early enough. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. I was, I was hungry, though. I, I had gotten up and had an apple, was, was being healthy, made my cup of coffee and to-go cup. And Janelle, before I left, Janelle said, what's, what's wrong? And I was hungry. I wanted something else. I wanted something more. And so as I began to make my trek north, the temptations began. <laughs> Krispy Kreme. What is it? What is it? Hot? Hot now. Panera bread. McDonald's. The devil is a liar. (laughs) Then there was that fried glazed croissant at Schnooks that I was dreaming about. I thought I can't do this. So I dove into Dunkin' Donuts as a compromise. (laughs) And I thought, I don't have to get a donut. They have something healthier on the menu. And I looked. Breakfast tacos. I don't think the Mexicans invented breakfast tacos. And I'm pretty sure Dunkin' Donuts didn't get the recipe. (laughs) Ate that breakfast taco. I was thinking about this. I was like, no, this this is the most... 2000, this is the most new millennium representation. And so I, I couldn't get out. I saw on the menu it said chocolate croissant. Having just spent a week in Paris, I couldn't help myself. So I threw one of those in on the menu as well. And uh, when I opened it up, I realized it was a pawn chocolate. And I was so excited. Until I got to my office and I bit into this thing. It was so hard. It was so dense. It didn't even taste good. The most redeeming thing about it. Now, if you work at Dunkin' Donuts, this is not anything against Dunkin' Donuts. Bless their hearts. But this was not what I had come to know as a good pawn chocolate. The only thing that tasted right was the cheap chocolate that was inside of it. (laughs) There's nothing worse than being lied to. Had they put it on the menu, hard, crusty bread... With bits of chocolate inside, I would have thought, this doesn't taste too bad. (laughs) 
The crowning problem of Laodicea was not that they were just being lied to, but that they believed the lie and they were perpetuating the non-truth in their life. In all seriousness today, I come to speak to someone who has believed the lie for far too long. Your lie may not be the same as the lie that someone is dealing with next to you, but it's a non-truth nonetheless, and it's leading you astray. In Christ's address to the church at Laodicea, there's an interesting thing to note, and that is while he highlights that they are perpetuating a lie, there is no mention of Satan or the enemy of their soul. And yet, what they held on to was straight from the page of the devil's playbook. John 8 and 44, Jesus told them, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Straight from his playbook here, the enemy leads us to believe things that are not true. The first mention that we see of the enemy of our soul in Scripture is at the Garden of Eden. And there, as the author Warren Wearsby so adequately describes, we behold the strategy of Satan, where he gets Eve to deny the truth and insert her own lie. This being that you will not die when you eat the forbidden fruit, and in fact, you will be like God. She would make the gravest of actions in her life based upon the lie. It is the lie today of our soul that causes the depressions and the anxieties and the disturbances and the frustrations. Hear me today. It is the lies that invade our mind and our heart that bring the despairs of our soul to the forefront of our circumstances. It is the lies of the world, the lies of the enemy that breeds in us discontentment. Hear me today. Those are not of God. His word is truth. His spirit is peace. His spirit is joy. His love is fulfilling. Hallelujah. His mercy, come on, brings confidence. His grace breeds boldness in our life. It is the lies of the enemy that destroys. And today I want to tell somebody that you are being lied to. All sin is a lie. Hear me. All sin is a lie. The lust of the flesh, it is a lie that is trying to convince you that you've got to have, that you just need a little bit more. But the lie is it will never be enough. It will never satisfy, and it'll take you down a road you don't want to go. The lie is a lie of hatred, and murder is a lie. Hate is a lie. That spirit that gets inside of your 
his soul that would just rather see somebody dead is lying to you, telling you that you would be better off if they were not and that you would feel better if they were not. But I'm here to tell you that if they perish, it doesn't change the pain. It doesn't change the circumstance. Hatred is a lie. It's a cancer that will eat your spirit. Amen. Greed is a lie. Greed says, I got to have this. I'll be more powerful. This is the answer. But it's never enough. Greed will destroy your life. It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy relationships. Greed will sell out the very things that are most precious to you to get things that are trivial and do not matter. Pride is a lie. Pride is a lie. Pride tells us we are better than we really are. Pride tells us, look at me, look at how great. Pride tells me I'm too good for this and I'm too good for you and I'm too good for that. All the while, pride is excusing in myself the failures and shortcomings that I will look down upon somebody else for. It is a lie. And bitterness, oh, bitterness, bitterness creeps in. Bitterness makes you hold on. You hold on to a grudge. It becomes your identity. Bitterness justifies the sourness and bitterness justifies the frustration of your life. But bitterness is a lie. It's a lie that's telling you you can't heal. It's a lie that's telling you you can't move forward. It's a lie that's telling you you are bound by what is done to you but I am here today to declare the word of the Lord hallelujah you don't have to be bound by your bitterness you don't have to be slave to your lust and your pride you don't have come on to give in to the hatred of your soul but there is a new day there is a better way there is healing at the hand of Jesus there is deliverance at the foot of the cross there is mercy there is mercy for your past Proverbs 9 and 17 gives a powerful description of what the foolish lies of this world really amount to look at what it says this is the lie of foolishness Proverbs 9 and 17 you can't believe this this is the lie stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Brother Zarita, you were very vulnerable today in Sunday school. You're talking about some things in your past and things that you used to do and how, how, how you did things just because it was the thrill. It was driving you to do something. But thank God you said he saved you and he changed you and brought you out. But, but that's a testimony to the lie that can invade your soul and get inside of your heart. And here's what the word of God is saying. All they are trying to do is sell you bread and water and they're trying to convince you that water tastes better when it's stolen and bread tastes better when it's stolen. But you know what stolen water tastes like? Water. You want a revelation? You want a word from the Lord today? You know what stolen bread tastes like? Bread. And guess what? You can have water and bread. Amen. Serving the Lord. But actually the word says that when you come to his table, it's not water and bread, but wisdom has spread her table and you'll have more options. I I may not get through my message today. I may not get through all my notes today, and that's all right. But I'm here to preach against some lies that that have swept into our spirit, into our mind. The lie that says that there is more out there than there's in here. Come on, that is a lie. A lie that says, oh, you got to try the forbidden. Where's our young people at? Come on, young people. I'm going to preach to you for a little bit. I I, I probably preached this before, but there is a lie that will come into your life and it won't leave. It'll it'll start when you're young, but then I've got news for you. It will stay with you. It'll come back. It'll revisit you and it will come and it will try to convince you that if you will just be a partaker of the forbidden, there's something out there that's so great for you. And so it's going to invade our children in 
2023, it invades them by telling them there's things that your parents and, and your church may, 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 may tell you, warn you against, and adults and authority may warn, warn you against, but there's things that you really want to do. And even if they tell you not to, well, you got to just taste it. You got to try it a little bit because there's something out there that's great. The forbidden, it has something to offer. And people are lured into the lie of the forbidden and they chase after the forbidden. I'm going to tell you, there are things that you ought not taste and you ought not handle and you ought not touch. The lie says that there's more in the forbidden, but the reality is, is there's not very many options when you get out there. Sin will take you to its table. And when you get to its table, all it's got is a little water and a little bread. But if you'll stay at the table of the Lord, you want options. You want delicacies. You want blessings. You stay at the table of the Lord. Because when you come to the table of the Lord, God says, look at what I've got for you. Take your pick. You find what you want here in the house of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach a little bit against the lie of the world that tells you you got to have a lot of options. We, 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 we live in this kind of culture today where, oh, how do I say it? Anybody ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Yeah. Yeah. Praise God, a fellow witness in the house. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to Cheesecake Factory. There was only a couple of them in the nation, and I remember driving. I was in high school or college. I can't remember, something like that. Maybe high school, and I drove up to Chicago to go to the Cheesecake Factory at the basement of the John Hancock building, and we stood in line for two and a half hours. The whole plaza was full of people that were all waiting to get into the restaurant. And then when we got into the restaurant, man, we opened up the menu, and there was just... Like, there's too much stuff. <laughs> I've been eating there now for like 30 years, and I still haven't had everything on the menu. Like, it's just, there's so much stuff on there. And, and we think we have this FOMO right. Right. is a real deal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that FOMO is a real deal, and now people are going to counseling? Yeah. Not me, but I was just <laughs> trying to get a witness. People have to go to count fear of missing out. For all, for all of you that don't know what FOMO is, fear of missing out is a real anxiety that we have in our world today. Our anxieties are at an all-time high in our culture today. Our anxieties are at an all-time high. And here's what I firmly believe in the Holy Ghost, that these anxieties are induced by the lies of the enemy. And if we as born-again believers would just stand on the Word of God, and I'm preaching to myself, stand on the Word of God and shut out the noise of this world, we would watch our anxieties drop by 95% overnight. You don't need a pill. You don't need a prescription. You don't need another doctor visit. What we need is a baptism of the truth of God and a praying through. Now, I'm not speaking against medical help, and you understand all of that stuff, but there are real anxieties that, that this is a big deal. Psycho- we're dealing with this in our culture. We are a product of this. We're fear of missing out. I've got to have, I've got to have, I've got to have. This is exactly what Proverbs was saying. That the foolish lie comes along and says, oh, you've had water, but you've never had stolen water. <laughs> and all of a sudden, somebody goes, oh, well, I'm missing out. I have never had stolen water. I haven't, I've, I've had all kinds of other things, but I've never had stolen water. And you wake up, stolen water. What's it? Stolen water. I want stolen water. I want stolen water. And this anxiety, I've got to have this. I've got to have this. I've got to have this. I, 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 and people are so, I, you, you understand, it's, it's not about the water, but people, I've got to have this. I've got to have this. And the enemy, when he gets you in that state of mind, he's got you because he can sell anything to you. But when you understand, hey, I don't need what the world has to offer. Everything I, I need is right here in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. Well, well, let me hasten on here. Every truth of God for you is always under attack. Can you say it with me for just a minute? Every truth of God for you 
is always under attack. Let's start with the basics. Let's just start with the simple things, the basic things, which, by the way, our entire society, our entire culture, our entire uh, uh, environment, uh, uh, whatever is against. Everything is positioned against what I am about ready to say to you. You ready for it? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Let's start with the basics. There is a God. There is a creator. There is a God. There is a creator. I'm going to tell you, there are lies bombarding you so much, so long. And, and we think, oh, these are, these are fundamental basics. I've got this established. I've got this settled. This is, this is an absolute in my life. I don't have to revisit this. But it's like the enemy just keeps hitting the target at the same place with diligence. He never stops. He keeps hitting. And without even knowing it, if we're not careful, we are, wearing, we are being worn down by the lies and the attacks of the enemy. And all of a sudden, we start living our life. We proclaim there is a God, but we start living our life like maybe he's distant from us. We start going through our life like maybe he's not there for us. Hear me. And all of a sudden, the anxieties of the world become to in, begin to enter into our life, and we start fearing, well, maybe there's not a God, or maybe there's a God, but God's busy today, or maybe there's a God, but he doesn't know where I'm at, or maybe there's a God, but, but he didn't actually... He just sort of let it be. He doesn't really care about me. He doesn't care about my life. I'm going to say the fundamental truth right here. There is a God and there is a creator. Amen. There is a God and he created you. You are not an accident. You are not an afterthought. You are not just some uh, uh, coincidence, cosmic coincidence, but God actually breathed you in into being. He actually formed you. He actually created you. He actually made you. You are not a mistake. Come on. Your life is worth living. And that God knows where you're at. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows where you're walking. He knows what you're going through. And He loves you. And He cares for you. It's a lie that says God has forgotten about me. It's a lie that says God doesn't care about me. It's a lie that says that I I shouldn't be here. I'm telling you, you should be here. I'll speak against the lie of suicide every time. Your life is worth living. God did not create you for you to end it short. The story may not be over. The story may not be finished. Amen. But it is a lie from the pit of hell. Oh. You know what the tragedy of suicide is? Is it somebody giving up in a desperate situation and not giving grace a chance? It is a lie. You know why the devil wants you dead? Because he knows the longer you live, the better option you have at seeing the revelation of God. He knows the longer you go, the more likely you are to see the grace and the mercy of God. There's more opportunity. So he wants to cut you off. Amen. Before mercy steps in. He wants to cut you off before grace steps in. It is a lie from the pit of hell and I'm telling somebody there is a God he created you amen and your life is worth living don't cut it short oh hallelujah hallelujah that's a spirit that's a lie that is a lying spirit amen from the enemy that comes to tell you that you ought to take your own life no 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 not only is there a God amen the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows with his handiwork for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse if you live long enough and keep your eyes open you're not going to be able to stand and say there is no God because you're going to have to understand there's no way this could have all just happened hallelujah And we live in a world full of lies, attacking our hearts, attacking our spirit. Not only is there a God, but you, 
you, broken, worn out, rebellious, hopeless, sinner, you are God's special creation. So God created man or humanity in his own image. Genesis 1 and 27, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. You are God's special creation. You are made in His image. Male and female we are made. We are made the same kind, but we are cast in two different types or roles to live and to function to give glory to God, to manifest things that, that He wills for us to manifest on this earth. Amen. Don't let the world lie to you about that. God created you. God formed you. God authored you. You are not God. There is a God, but you are not God. He's the one that set it into motion. And you can try as you may, but you cannot change what God already initiated. You can manipulate it. You can distort it. But it doesn't change what God made us. We are facing so many lies today. Hear me, young people. God made you in His image. He made you perfect. He made you beautiful. Amen. We have such an attack against truth in our world today. Such an attack. And I'm going to tell you, we are getting, it's been coming for decades, but we are getting to see the floodgates open up on these issues in our world today. And if there's ever been a time that you need to be prayed up and be living for God, it's now. But these floodgates of lies that come out now in our culture, this whole whole transgender craze that is going on. I'm going to tell you, before you respond in hatred, be careful. Because we acknowledge today, first and foremost, I've been lied to. I've told some lies. And the reality is what's happening right now is our culture and our world is grabbing on to the lies. When somebody comes and they're speaking that, they're not speaking a man from, from uh, 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 they are speaking from a place of, 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 of never being lied to. They have fallen prey to the lie. And so I don't come. Our, our, our answer for, uh, to fight, I know we get into these cultural wars, but our answer to fight against this is not to attack other sinners. Sinners are going to do what sinners do. And that is believe a lie and live a lie. What we are to do is we are to stand on the word of God and to stand on the truth of God's word. And we combat the lies with the truth of God's word. Every person that is out there that is propagating, they will have to give an account for the lies they believe and the lies they tell. But it is not our place to judge, uh, to cast eternal condemnation rather upon them. It is our place to declare the word and the truth of God's word. Amen. You are made in his image. You are created special. You are made male and female. And it doesn't matter how the scientists twist it. It doesn't matter how the psychologists twist it. It doesn't matter what laws we pass. It doesn't change the realities of what God has established. And we better stand on the Word of God. We better teach the Word of God. And we better preach the Word of God. And you better come against every lie that enters into your home, mom and dads. I will not give an account. Right. 
For the lies that enter into your household, you will give an account. For the lies that come in, I as your pastor will not give an account. For what you allow to take place, amen, in your home, I will give an account for my own home. And you will give an account for your home. You better take care, amen, to be certain that your house is built upon the truth of the word of God. You are God's special creation. Hear me, young people. I don't think the entertainment is worth it if it's selling you a bag of lies. What lies do we have to step over for a few cheap laughs that are going to be worth it in the end? What lies are we willing, what poison are we willing to litter God's table with just so that we can have something different. You are God's special creation. You're being lied to. To the person that's dealing with lust and same-sex attraction, it's just that. It's lust. It's sin. And no one comes to God but by the cross. And you have to take that sin to the same altar that every, every other sin, and you've got to nail it to that cross. And you've got to lay it down. Don't let the lie come in and say, well, I was born this way, or I was made this way, or this is just the way I am. Well, I got news for you. We all have to take up our cross. The way we are isn't good enough. That's why we need a Savior. We let the lies of this world come in. Our world would reduce us to the same value as a rock or a goldfish. But you are God's special creation. I don't know why I put this in my notes, but this is for somebody here today. God created you with the ability and the purpose, not only of understanding how we are made, male and female, but why we are made. Why are we made? We are made for the purpose of revelation with God and relationship with God. Yes, God created your pet, and He cares for His creation. But God doesn't have a special relationship with your pet. He doesn't give special revelation of who He is to your pet. And the cross wasn't for your pet. You are worth more than your pet. You say, well, that, that's odd, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, this is the absurdity of the day and age in which we live. That we have to teach and preach this. I hadn't been here very long, and I met someone who was, well, maybe I shouldn't even. Church was dying, literally. Couldn't figure it out. And couldn't figure out, wanted us to pray because they were going to have to close the church. So they're trying to come up with creative ways, creative ways to save the church. So they had to bring your pet to church day for a pet blessing. We live in a day and age. Hear me. Now, God bless my car. God bless my house. God, please bless my pet. My, if, if I could pray for my dog to get the Holy Ghost, I would. <laughs> Lord knows she needs it. but we live in a day and age where we have churches blessing pets at the same time endorsing the taking of innocent life. You've been lied to. You've been lied to. 
You've been lied to. Don't believe the lies of sin. Amen. As they come to the music, some notable lies against truth we see in Scripture. If I was going to walk you through the stories here, we, we went to the garden and we saw the first lie. And just give me piano and, and, and a vocal today. Just give me piano and a vocal today, and I want to sing that song, Nothing But the Blood. We walk through Scripture, and we come to the scene where we see Satan lie to Eve and tell her, you will not die, and in fact, you will become like God. And of course, that, that didn't work out that way at all. Death entered in, and they were estranged from God, so much that God had to fold the gap. But we go a little bit farther through the pages of Scripture, and we walk along, and we see Cain. Cain, who was the brother of Abel, who Abel sacrificed and worshipped God the way the Lord had instituted at the leaving of the garden. And that was through the shedding of blood. There was a cost of sacrifice. Cain decided, I, I don't want to do it that way. I it's too bloody. It's too gory. I'm, I'm going to give God an abundance of the things that I have. And so he thought he'd impress God with his wealth of vegetation and things that he had. And that's how he worshiped God. Cain fell prey to the lie that it doesn't matter how I serve God. I'm going to serve God on my terms. Look at how that ended out. Esau, Esau was another down. We walk a little farther along and... There is Esau and Jacob, the son of Israel. Or Isaac, rather, the son of Isaac. And his dad's given a blessing. Esau is the firstborn. He is the one destined. He's entitled. And when he comes back from the field, not knowing the, the conspiracy that his mother and his brother had already done, Esau falls prey to the lie that there's nothing more important than my personal comfort and nurturing. And so Esau sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. He'd live the left rest of his life in regret. Nothing more important than what I need personally. I tell you, that's a lie from the enemy that will tell you that your pleasure system is the most important thing in your life. Right. Followed by a life of regret. Israel becomes a nation and they, they're taken into Egypt and they're brought out through the miraculous hand of God, wonder after wonder, and they come to the Red Sea and right there, look at everything that God has done and their anxieties are at the all-time high because the lie says that deliverance can't be attained because of the impassable waters. Note, anxiety is always heightened when we focus on the problem instead of the Savior. God parts the red waters and they go, the waters of the Red Sea, and they march across. Israel again, living in the wilderness, falls prey to the lie. After they sent Moses up on the mountain and he doesn't come back down, God's not answering, so we might as well go back to the way we used to be. And they take all of their goods that God blessed them with out of Egypt, and they cast an idol, and they go back to worshiping a dead, cold piece, a metallic Stature. The golden calf is their testimony to the pleasures of sin. They get in the wilderness and they fall prey to the fact that we're in the wilderness, so we're going. The wilderness will kill us. That was the lie. And yet, 40 years, their shoes didn't even wear out. Haven't they learned anything? Yeah. Haven't they learned anything? 
It's 40 years. You still got this. You still got the same shoes, the same clothes. It's 40 years. God's followed you around with manna and water out of a rock. There's been a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night to keep you warm. Haven't you learned anything? God parted the Red Sea. He's destroyed your enemies. You've eaten manna every day. Haven't you learned anything? And they come to the Jordan River, and what happens? Ah! They fall prey to the lie that we can't achieve the promised land because the waters can't be passed. Haven't you learned anything? Job. Or rather, not Job, but Gideon. Gideon falls prey to the, to the lie that you can't have too much human help. So he goes to fight a battle with thousands and thousands of men. Can't have too much help. The more the merrier. God says, no, I I just want those that are dedicated. How would you feel if 99% walk out on you and you're left with 1%? Gideon stays to see the promise of God. Samson false prey to the lie, I can live however I want to because I'm anointed. He fell prey to the lie that I'm special because of me. Sexual immorality doesn't affect me. No, Samson, you're special because of what you've availed yourself to in God. It's your covenant, it's your vow that has set you apart, not you. King Saul fell prey to the lie. I don't need a priest or a prophet. He was was the first king of Israel. And he came to a place where they needed to sacrifice, and instead of waiting, there was a rule, there was a protocol, if you will. Out of reverence and respect, Saul should have waited But Saul right there said, look, I don't need a prophet. I don't need a priest. I can do this myself. So King Saul took and he sacrificed. God didn't receive it. In fact, the prophet Samuel comes at an old age. And he comes and he rebukes him and says, this day God has taken the kingdom from you. Given it to another for 38 years. For 38 years. Saul would live with that guilt upon him. He never would change his ways. I don't need, I don't have to follow God's rules. I don't need a prophet. I don't need a priest in my life. I could do this on my own. Come on, how many of us have used that lie in our life? We've told ourselves, I don't need it, but I don't need the church. I don't need this. I can do this on my own. He gets so bad and so messed up that in the end, when he finally does need a word from God, I need a prophet, but the prophet's dead. But there were other prophets in the land. Saul, you could have gone to other prophets. You could have humbly gone to Nathan. You could have found Gad. You could have knelt down and said, hey, forgive me. I need you to pray. But no, he was trying to go back to something old. And he would again not follow the rules. He would go and talk to Samuel by way of a witch. It was Jonah who was a lie that he had in his head that said, I, as the man of God, ought to decide who gets to hear from the word of the Lord. God told Jonah, go to Nineveh. You know why Jonah hated Nineveh? Because Nineveh was a part of the Assyrian army. The Assyrians had carried away his family captive. He watched them pillage and plunder his his community. His his family was decimated. They left nothing in their wake, and, and, and Jonah had a hatred. He had, if we would put it in a modern term, he had a pure prejudice against the Assyrians. God said, Jonah, I want you to go preach to the Assyrians. No, God, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get over there and I'm going to preach. And all of a sudden, they're going to start repenting. You're going to be merciful to them, and they're going to get a second chance. But God, I don't think they deserve a chance. Jonah held on to his bitterness because it was a lie that it was going to make him better. And so he ran from it. He ran. He ran as hard as he could. And God said, no, you're not getting off that easy. And he put a big fish in the sea to swallow him. And, and, and Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights. And it wasn't until the end 
Jonah said, all right, God, I'll go. But he did so out of anger. You think of the hardness of Jonah. I would have prayed through the first moment I was in the belly of that fish. Like, there's no three days and three nights about it. Like, yes, Lord. The fish vomits him up on the land. And Jonah goes to Assyria, and he is so mad about it that he doesn't even preach the mercy of God. All he does is he walks in there and starts saying, the fire of God's going to kill you all. There's no love. There's no compassion. Get it. Get what's happening in the book of Jonah. He, he just preaches. But I'm going to tell you, God's word is so powerful that even through a bittered spirit, God's word works. Yes, yes, yes. The king calls a fast. They repent. They pray. They turn from their evil ways. Jonah goes out, sits out there over the city and says, all right, God, burn them up. Doesn't happen. Jonah pouts and he's mad. And in the middle of his pouting, God's trying to get th- something through his head. Jonah, you've got to let go of some things. This isn't your church. This isn't your program. It's not your plan. My ways are higher than your ways. You better get with the program or you're going to miss out. Jonah's there in his bitterness, but in his mercy, God had shaded him. A gourd grows up to shade him. And God says, all right, to prove a point, I'll kill the gourd. Etc., etc., etc. The Laodicean lie is the one you take as a cue from the enemy, yes. who the Bible says is the prince of the air. Call Satan the prince of the air. You know what that means? That means that it's a spiritual thing. This is not a, this is not just an earth, this is not an earthly battle. This is a spiritual battle. Yeah, yeah. The lies of your soul, it is a spiritual battle. The Laodicean lie takes the cue from the enemy and begins to perpetuate and propagate it to yourself and to those around you. John 8 and 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. As pastor, I will tell you this. I have one objective in my ministry, one object in my ministry, and that is to help you know truth. I can't save you. I cannot save you. I can't help you. But if I can just help you know truth, I can't be with you every day. I, I may not be with you tomorrow. I don't know how long we are given on this life together. But if you can know truth, if you see truth and you see it for yourself, that truth will set you free. That truth will never leave you. Yes, I can lay my hands on you and I can pray a blessing and I can try to pray and pray an anointing. But if you walk out of here and all that's happened is you felt something. If you walk out of here and all you've had happen is something that supernatural touched your life, you may know that, but you've got to know the truth. We're not selling an experience. We're not selling cheap thrills. We are selling the truth of the living word of God that you can take. And it's that truth that'll set you free. You and I better get truth right. Because it's everything. You better get truth right about God. You better get truth right about ourselves. We better get truth right about this world because this world passes away. We better get truth right about eternity. There is a heaven and a hell. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one way to be saved. Come on, we better get truth inside of our lives. There's a truth that righteousness and holiness is still right. There's a truth that there is a God who loves us so much that he steps into our mess to save us. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Can we just lift our hands to the Lord right now? 
Come on, God is speaking to somebody here today. There is a lie that the enemy has you bound by. God wants to set somebody free today. The lie says, I am condemned. That's the lie from the pit of hell. A lie of condemnation. I, I, I see you today. You made your way to the house of God. You came into the house of God. You're doing your duty. You're putting on the facade. You're, you're fooling everybody else. But there is a spirit of condemnation that is settled on you that is coming to your life. I'm not worthy. I can't do it. I've messed up. I've made a failure in my life. I can't get beyond this. I can't. This is the way I'm always going to be. That is a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The lie says I am condemned. Just like that woman caught in the act of adultery that they drugged before Jesus. Aha, we have her. But the truth is, Jesus said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And in doing so, they one by one dropped their stones and they walked away. The lie says I am condemned. But Jesus revealed truth. He said, woman who are they that are here to condemn thee and when she looked around she said there is no one here he said neither do I condemn thee go and sin no more hallelujah the lie says you're condemned but God is saying look around who's condemning you what the devil you're really going to let the devil be the one you think he's got a voice before God you think he's got a testimony the Lord is saying I'm not condemning you there is an altar of mercy there is an altar of grace there is an altar of forgiveness there is an altar of healing or how about this one I'm going to tell you, you, you want to talk about lies? I, I know when you're dealing with lies because, man, it comes. I, I feel it in my house. I feel it when I drive into the church. I feel it when I, all of a sudden you feel that burden. You feel that way. How about this lie? I'm surrounded by the enemy. There's no way I'm getting out. I've got too much. I'm, it's, it's too much. I can't handle it, God. I don't know how I'm going to get out. The lie that comes in that says you ought to just quit. You ought to just walk away. You ought to just give up. You're not making a difference. But there is a truth of the word of God. God that I read this morning and it is this thou hast prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies come on God say it I've already got something to sustain you yes the enemy's already around but I've already made a way for your strength I've already made a way for your deliverance I've already made a way We've got to come to the truth of God's Word. Amen. God, I want your Word in my life more than anything else. Yes. Now, I preached long today, and I understand that, and I'm getting ready to dismiss. There's two books that I recommend. One I recommended at the beginning of the year. Two books I recommend this year I've been reading that go along with this, and I'm not going to get into all the things the books cover. The books cover some great things. Two books I'd rec recommend, not, not written by Pentecostals or Apostolics, but they're good, basic. The first one is Nine Common Lies Christians Believe and Why God's Truth is Infinitely Better. It covers some great topics, but what's revealing about it is how much we believe lies that are not real, that are not true, and we propagate them and we perpetuate them in our life. It causes problems. The second book is, is entitled Live Your Truth and Other Lies, and I love the subtitle, Exposing Popular Deceptions That Makes Us Anxious, Exhausted, and Self-Obsessed. And I've come to the reality of this, that if you would just turn off all the other noise in our life and get in the Word of God daily... It doesn't even have to be a chapter, folks. The Word of God is so powerful. If you'll just meditate and live on it and let that dispel and deconstruct every lie that comes into your life, your anxieties will reduce. Now, I am a type 1 
I am an anxious person. I have fought this all my life. My wife, bless her, has survived 20 years with me. And I can tell you this. The farther I get away from God's Word and God's Spirit, the higher the anxieties. The quicker you are to all the issues in life, but if I'll get back to the Word of God, it's like it just brings it down. Laodicea and Lies are ones that we believe ourselves. And here was the answer. He said, buy of them gold tried in the fire. What does that typify? That typifies purity. Whenever something needs to be purified, it's heated up and the impurities rise to the top. So some of you, I understand, you having a bad day is just your impurities rise into the top. So now you need to take those and you need to, as God exposes them, you need to take them off and say, okay, God, here, take this out of my heart. And then he says, take and put on white garments that specify purity. White, let yourself be purified. The problems we have with the lies, we become impure when we're infected with that stuff. And so God, you've got to purify my mind and you've got to purify my hands and you've got to purify my heart so that I can think the way you want me to think. So I can live the way you want me to live. Now, one of the greatest things for purity in your life is to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is nothing like coming down and letting the power, there is a purifying effect of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? Yeah. There is a purifying effect that takes place in your heart. I can't explain it. You have to experience it for yourself. That is the culmination though of our obedience to the Word of God through repentance, Repentance, which is coming and acknowledging and confessing our sins to God. And then not only repentance, we continue that repentance by, by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Baptism lit, literally is a further of repentance, is acknowledging. And we are burying that old man, that old person. We are putting it under the blood of Jesus Christ, so to speak. And the blood of the Lord cleanses us from all sins. And he purifies us. And when we arise out of that water, we are, as he said, a new creature. But, but we, we are not given life until the Spirit of the Lord comes inside of our heart. And we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is the greatest thing that could ever happen into your life, is for you to be baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost, infilled, just like they did in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's a supernatural work inside of your life. Yeah. And then after that, we have to live our life. We are continually washed by the water of the Word, the Bible says. The Word of God cleanses us. And we're purified. And we've got to be pure. And we've got to be holy. And we've got to live right. And we've got to acknowledge. We've got to confront the things in our life that we have been dealing with. Now, today I'm going to close this service by singing an old hymn. And I know we're sitting, and that's okay. But I've spoken against several lies I've named today. I've named a lot of things today, whether it's sexual immorality, whether it's spirit of suicide, abortion, whatever, the lack of sanctity of life, the devaluing, all of that. When people are a part of that, it's because we've been lied to and we've succumbed to those lies. So the enemy will come and tell you, now that you've done that, you, you can't have healing, you can't have salvation. So if you've ever been a partaker or, or had an abortion, or if you've ever, you know, done things that you shouldn't have done, immorally, whatever, that you're beyond help. No, that, that's not what we're preaching here today. What we are preaching is that there is the blood of Jesus Christ that will do a miracle in your life. He is a restorer, and He is a redeemer, and He is a healer. And it doesn't matter what you've walked through, whether it's lust, whether it's pride, whether it's greed, whether it's murders and hatreds and bitterness and all that stuff you have in your heart, you don't have to worry about it. You can bring it to the Lord and say, God, here I am. I give it to you. Would you pray with me, Lord, in Jesus' name? I thank you today. 
Somebody here today, God, needs to be set free from the lies of the enemy. God, I can't do it for them. I wish I could. But God, somebody here today needs to hold on to truth, needs to reach out and grab on to truth. Their life depends upon it. Their eternity depends upon it. Their soul depends upon it, God. God, let conviction settle in this room. Not condemnation, conviction that would draw us. Conviction that would move us towards you. Conviction that would allow your hand to work, your healing virtue to work in our life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody needs to come to an altar today. Somebody needs to go home and get rid of some things. Somebody needs to change some things in their life today. You've got to respond to the truth that God spoke into your heart. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood.